Good morning, everyone. Pastor Chuck Blair, great to have you joining us here this morning. I'm senior pastor here at New Church Live, and we have folks who join us from all over the country, from some folks, including from Europe and the Philippines. So regardless of when, where, or who you are, we really welcome you to New Church Live. Great to have you on board this morning. A number of quick things we want to go over. One is one of our dear parishioners up in Maine, Sergeant Matthew Pennington, is out to be America's favorite chef, courtesy of Bon Appetit magazine. And if he wins, he's able to donate some money to veterans' causes. So if that interests you, again, look for it in our newsletter, look for it on my Facebook page, look for it on the New Church Live Facebook page as a way to vote. For Matt, and, and he's a wonderful man, what Matt's been doing is, is Matt's been doing a cooking show actually for Gold Star families, families who've lost someone in the service, as well as for other veterans. And Matt's really doing great stuff out there with his life. Good guy. Again, please vote for Matt. Second thing to announce is we have our final week of pop-up conversations coming. This week, the pop-up conversation we're going to be looking at is the idea of a chance to make things better and the idea as well of what breaks your heart, what is heartbreaking to you. And again, I know as a congregation that any day, pick any group, there's going to be people whose hearts are broken. And part of that is sharing that. And part of that is the vulnerability around that and somehow finding each other through that and knowing that God's there too. I really do believe God's heart is always the first to break. And I believe these kind of conversations on what breaks our heart actually points to what we treasure and love and value the most. So if that has some interest to you, again, you can put your name in the chat window uh, and, and you're welcome to, to join one of our small groups we have on this. So with that, I'm going to have my cohort, Angela, come out and offer a few things as well. Angela. Good morning, everyone. Yes, my name is Angela Cooper, and I work here at New Church Live. I just want to welcome you to church and say hello. Um, we had a great conversation this past Wednesday, albeit it was a very small uh, group of people who were chatting about ways that we can reach out and support young families. Um, and we're continuing to think through the ways to support young families. And we have a handful of ideas and we want to continue to find ways to support you all. So if you have any feedback about ways we can support young families during this virtual time, I'm a young mom or I have young kids. I don't know if I qualify as a young mom anymore, but I get it. It's been a hard year. We've all been experiencing a lot of, you know, kind of trying to juggle it all. Um, so we really want to support you. One of the things that we're toying with is starting a mom's group. Um, I haven't picked a start date, but I'm looking to start it in March and uh, meet once a month. So if you're interested in participating in that mom's group, um, put your name in the chat window and I will send you the details. And once I get the um, start date for that, I will definitely announce it. But um, that's one way that we want to support young families. I get it as a mom. Like I said, it's been a hard year and we just want to create a space to talk, support, and um, you know, get to know one, on one another, even though we're virtual. So look for more information on that. Um, the next thing I want to mention is we are preparing for Easter. I know it already feels crazy, but um, we start to plan you know, ahead of the game 
So we've um, been talking about putting together some Easter kits, and if you want to receive one, we did this for Christmas. They were really well received. Um, we have put together some Easter kits that we're going to be sending home free of charge um, to anyone who wants one. Um, so all you have to do is send me an email. You can either put your name in the chat window, or you can go to our website, and there's a contact form there, and you can get me your mailing address, and I will put one in the mail to you. Um, like I said, they're free of charge. We want to get them to you before our Easter series starts on March 14th. So um, just let us know. And they are really fun. We put them together. They have supplies for Holy Supper or communion bread that you can make with your kids. They have a coloring book, a candle, and just a really fun way to celebrate the Easter season. And we'll be using that communion bread during a couple of our pop-up services, um, Holy Communion online service. Um, so it's a great way to have all those supplies and to do something fun with your kids. I've made it at home with, with my kids, and it is a lot of fun really easy. You can't mess it up. And even if you do, it's at least a fun activity. So if you want one of those, put your name in the chat window or fill out the contact form on our website and I will get one to you. We're going to be um, sharing this information. And you can even, you know, if you have a neighbor you, you think might enjoy it, um, just let us know. We really want to get these out to people and support people and create community. Um, the last thing I want to mention is that we, um, you know, everything operates on donations from you. Um, the virtual time is nothing has slowed down. Actually, in fact, a lot of things have ramped up. And um, so we really rely on the support and generosity of this congregation. Um, and everyone watching online, we still are hoping that you want to financially support New Church Live. So if you want to do that, it's super easy. You text the word New Church Live all one word, all lowercase to 77977. Um, and a text message will come back to you and you can make a donation. You can even set up a reoccurring donation, which is the best way to support New Church Live because it's ongoing support and it builds and grows and just really helps us um, have a foundation of support. Um, so if you have any questions about anything I mentioned today, again, put your information in the chat window or fill out the contact form on our website. And um, it's going to be a great um, spring season. The spring will come, I believe it or not. Anyway, have a great day, everyone. And just again, a final welcome as our musicians come out. Great to have you here at New Church Live today. We have a wonderful service ahead for you. As we look at, well, what's the choices that we can make now? It's so easy to get distracted into choices that are so far out in the future or so mired in things that happened in the past. And the question always becomes, what can we do to make the world just a little better, a little kinder, a little gentler today. Welcome to New Church Life. What a beautiful song. And that song will fit in really well with what we're talking about today as we continue on with, with the chance to make things better. And, and this series is based on that idea that we, we all have this chance to make things better. And I realize, just I feel like I should say this, I know there are some people tuning in today whose, whose hearts are broken, and I just want to acknowledge that. I just want to say that. And we're here with you. We're thinking about your family this morning. And, and with that, with all the challenges of life, with all the heartbreaks, you know, can we continue to ask this question, like, what is our chance to make things better in a world that, that so much needs that? Now, as we look at it, the chance to make things better, we've been looking at this series, and, and we have one more to go after this. Today we're down to the green bar, and then we added on a fifth part. But we've, we've looked at, you know, Jesus facing three challenges, 
then that, that challenge to rethink that comes out of the challenges of life, the deciding to follow. Last week was super fun looking at the call in the ordinary. And this week we're looking at what is possible today. And what is possible today? What we're going to be talking about as a context for that is, is the concept of reframing. You know that we can, we, can, we can create new framing stories in our life, framing stories that can help us and that can, that can move us closer to the, to the life that God intends, to how we were made, the I am light, the I am light. I want to say it's, 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 it's interesting, um, you know, maybe important to start out with saying what this service is not. You know, this service is not sort of a like, well, I think of myself as this, and now I need to think of myself as this. Like, I need a better version, better view of myself. It's kind of going around that question. It's trying to answer that question a little bit different way. I mean, obviously, no way would, would I ever want people to feel bad about themselves. That's not the point. The point is, how do we reframe things so, so that we understand our role in the world and, and really can become active participants in the world in a new way? To witness to the world as Christians means to become active participants in new ways. Christian New Church theology is really a theology of responsibility. Like, how do we respond out there into the world? That's a key question. And, and I, I'm going to continually use that word is in the plural, like how do we respond? What do we do out there to try to make the world a kinder place? Now, the framing story I want to, want to go over, this is just a beautiful quote here, and it's not an ominous task, it's a beautiful mission. The new framing story, if our framing story tells us that we are free and responsible creatures in a creation made by a wise and loving God and... If our framing story tells us our creator wants us to pursue virtue, collaboration, peace, and mutual care for each other and all living creatures. If our framing story tells us that our lives can have profound meaning if we align ourselves with God's wisdom, God's character, and dreams for us, then our society will be, take a radically different direction and our world will become a very different place. And, and that, that idea, folks, like that's sort of trans-denominational. That's, that's not just like the mission that the Christian New Church has. That's a mission all bodies of faith, I think, share. I think all humanity shares that message as well. So with looking in terms of, of, of how this works, a real important part of it in terms of what's possible today, what is possible today, is understanding, again, the basic rhythm of this story, the story going that Jesus faces these challenges. He faces these challenges. I love, I love this painting. Because so much of the challenges we face in life, sadly, we face alone. I mean, of course, there are other people around us. Of course, angels surround us. Of course, friends and family surround us. And a lot of the hardest parts, we're going to face alone. I mean, yes, with other people around, but it's within our own heart that we face those challenges. And what's on the other side of that? Like there's a real basic, simple, beautiful equation here that's incredibly powerful. And it's, it's the idea of that what we have here is, is we have this idea of a challenge followed by the ability to go out there and be a healing presence in the world. Challenge and healing, challenge and healing, 
challenge and healing. I don't believe God gives us those challenges so that we can be a healing presence in the world. I believe those challenges happen because life isn't perfect. And God holds those challenges and that those challenges allow us in God's grace to somehow be part of healing out there into the world. A very famous author, Henry Nouwen, very famous pastor, called this the idea that, that, that we are all wounded healers. Oh, what a good phrase. You want to read a good book? That's a good book. We are all wounded healers. Because this is how that story goes on. You know, Jesus faces his challenges. He has people start to follow him. We mentioned that, you know, that follow me. And, and again, like finding God in the ordinary, like God is just taking Jesus, Jesus just taking a walk along the beach and he finds these disciples and these disciples are just fishing and they find him or allow him to find them, however you want to say it. You know, both just doing ordinary things. God doing the ordinary thing, people doing the ordinary thing. And that's where God finds us and asks us to simply follow. To simply follow. So where did that journey go? Because you can imagine, right, Jesus starting to, to, to have followers. And, and pretty quickly, he would want to show them what this ministry is about. This ministry is about healing. This ministry is about healing. Total counterintuitive to the world they lived in where all the quote-unquote ministries were about power. And here's somebody saying, no, it's actually all about healing. All about healing. Let's take a look at how that goes through the gospel here. This is from Matthew 4. And Jesus went about all of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, the good news and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought him all kinds of people. And then it goes on even more in depth about the healing. Healing all those who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain. And I think folks were talking pain, both physical and spiritual. Those possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, from Greece, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. That, that beautiful idea, folks, of, you know, this healing that takes place. This is a picture of Jesus healing the blind man. You know that that healing, and that, that healing somehow is all, always connected to challenge. You know that we, we have challenges, we move through hard parts in our life, and, and somehow that opens us up to being able to heal. I still debate quite often whether that's good news or bad news. Some days I think it's bad news, though my soul knows that it's good news. That's how this life works. That's how a God's economy is. It's always searching for this light in the darkness. It's a search that we all take together. Now, now why, why is that? Why does the challenge have to come before the healing? And again, I, I think the two are really close in time. You know, you want to you see what your, your challenges are, you know, try to be part of helping others, and it, it'll surface pretty quickly. What I want to talk about is, is maybe what one of the points are, points around, around like that idea of challenges, which is that we all wrestle with this idea, this phrase here, distorted convictions. 
Now, as I was putting this together, I purposely used the word conviction, not assumption. Because I think all of us know, yeah, you know, I assume this, but then I learned out it's different. And the problem with distorted convictions is that we really believe that's how the world works. And we're so sure of it that we don't even think about it anymore. It's not a thought. It's no longer a choice. It's simply our paradigm, and it's simply how we act. It's a, it's a distorted conviction. Now, some of those are, are so blatant that they're, they're easy to sort of point out and go like, yep, here's one, and I'll cite one here. This is from Ayn Rand, Atlas Shrugged. My apologies to the Ayn Rand fans, fans out there, but this is my idea of what a distorted conviction is. Man exists for his own sake, and the pursuit of his own happiness is his highest moral purpose. And he must not sacrifice himself to others. That's from Ayn Rand and Atlas Shrugged. I do not find that a real good conviction to live by. Man exists for his own sake. Emanuel Swedenborg says the exact opposite. He says mankind exists for the sake of others. You exist for the sake of others. And of course, you get to enjoy the journey the whole way. And you exist for the sake of of others. Now that, that distorted, or those distorted convictions we have, one of the challenges, they can lead to kind of like a superficial freedom. A freedom that may sound free and sound good, but may well not be. You know, I remember years ago reading, reading an article, you know, I'm a former history teacher, for those of you who don't know, reading an article on Woodstock, and they said the part of Woodstock that they don't cover, and this person who was there was talking about it, was talking about how, you know, they'd give them up all material possessions, and they found themselves, like, rooting through dumpsters after the big Woodstock concert trying to find food. You know, here was this, this, this idea of freedom, and they find themselves dumpster diving for dinner, and the question comes, how free is that? How free is that? Another woman I was reading about this weekend, a fascinating book that I have to read the whole book. I was just reading an excerpt from it. What she did was she took all the major sort of self-help tracks of books, the self-help books, and then she just tried to live those for a year. And it didn't go terribly well. She found herself overweight and totally broke. And, and it's just interesting, right? And we can look at that with a smile. Because that whole idea of self-help, and there, there are clearly times for self-help, but the game's got to be bigger. The game's got to be bigger. As, a musician comes, as musicians come out, you know, we all need to remember, we have a chance to make things better. It's a very different question than saying, I have a chance to make myself feel better about myself. And again, not saying there, folks, that the, the game of faith is about feeling worse about yourself. Never will it be that. But there is a different answer here. There is a different way to think through what is our chance to make things better together. And when I come back, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about some real specifics around that and looking at how maybe we can change our frame. Maybe we can come up, as this picture shows, with a new framing story. 
beautiful. Yes. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah, what a, what a beautiful concept. You know, what a day. And, and can, we, can we do the reframe thing? Can we do the reframe thing where we actually start to, start to look at what is possible today? And it's important to start, again, that idea like we have challenges in our life and then we have healing parts of our life. And, and many of the challenges, what a lot of that knocks at is, is some of the old ways of framing things. And we learn, and that, that frame kind of grows and expands and shifts. So I want to talk for a minute about, about how, that, how that old frame thing, new frame thing can work. Now, what I want to do is, is show you, you know, one, one form of new framing that can, be, that can be quite a surprise, and it's this. If you take a look at this quote, we see two different parts, two different options here in terms of the old frame and the new frame. Now, with the old frame, so much of it is, is, is about like, uh, you know, can I, can I love myself, loving myself, loving myself, loving myself. And then the second part is that, well, maybe there's a choice to move to a different place of loving myself, to moving to a place with the reframe where I really get clear that it's, that it's actually about being love itself. Loving myself, being love itself. Now, let's just look at this for a minute. I mean, like, I think so much of life, again, like, like, it's a frame, right? And we get to kind of fill in what's in there. Whoops. We get to fill in what's in there. And part of filling in what's in there is, is the idea that if, if I really do believe, I'm going to step down and pick this up for a second here. If I really do believe that it's all about me, all about me, that, that essentially, like, I want to frame life and I just want to frame it with a mirror, I can look to that, but I'm not really getting a ticket that moves through that. I can look to that, but I'm not really getting the all-important ticket that moves through that. That moves through that. See, this, this idea of, of framing, folks, and, and the quote, you know, these, how these two things work, if I really do, do like stick just on, yeah, do I love myself? Do I love myself? Do I love myself? We're, we're, I think we're just going to miss some parts. And I think the frame there, the frame, if I was to be so bold, that frame is too small to hold the life that God intends for you. That frame is too small to hold the life that God intends for you. So we have to be able to bump that out. And we have to be able to think. And, and, and yeah, just ask you just for a minute to just, to just think about this. And just, I want you to just hear these words and I want you to notice how, how they kind of start to shift, maybe even just how your whole body sits. What if we move the frame from it's all about loving myself to as best I can, as God gives me to see it, as humbly as I can, to being love itself. Becoming a form of love. That idea of it's all about my own self-esteem and my own self-image is a pretty small mirror. 
I say that purposely. It's a pretty small mirror. And all we ever get in that is one picture. Some days that picture is going to be good. Some days that picture is going to be goofy. Some days that picture is going to be hard. It's a small mirror. God's asking for a big window. He's asking for this small picture to bump out into a new frame that's much wider and that's clear. It's not something we go to that looks right back at us. It's something we go through that allows us to see others, that welcomes in so much more out there into the world. There's a cost to that. There's a cost. The cost we move from this to this is heartbreak. The cost we move from this small picture, this small mirror, to this bigger window is heartbreak. And that's what we're always asked, you know, is that worth the cost? If, if, if we take God up on this, as we see this as a portal to kind of step through this new frame out there with other people, yeah, it will definitely call into question a lot of our distorted convictions about our own happiness being the very, very, being the greatest thing we should seek because we start to seek other people's happiness. We start to seek their joy. We start to seek their, their care. And if we do that, we're going to experience a lot more heartbreak. And my friends, we're going to experience a lot more joy. And I would put out there, we are going to find ourselves. We're going to find ourselves. None of this is easy, right? Like, like again, it's, it's, it's sort of the good news and bad news of religion. Like, the good news is, is it's so easy to pass faith off in very light ways. And this is, this is kind of a pretty, a, a more serious way of like, yeah, we'll go through challenges. Those challenges are to get rid of those distorted convictions, which will then help us to reframe. And the way the reframing will take place is it will move from a small mirror where we're constantly looking at ourselves and it's us and only us, into a much bigger picture, a picture frame, a window that we're to move through out there into the world. And what are we going to find on that path as we step? We're going to find heartbreak. We're going to find heartbreak. Please listen carefully. Because we're going to find love. We're going to find joy as well. Why? Because we're going to find love. because we're going to find love. Now I want to talk for a minute about, about you know, how this might look and, and, and you know, sort of put some, put some flesh on the bones here of, of what, we're, what we're talking about. So one of the pieces, and that's why I love the, the song that, that Emily started out with, you know, that idea of, of light and that idea of love, and we are all forms of God's love. Here's a piece of Christian New Church theology. Our inner self is simply mutual love. Of course, we cover that all over with all kinds of stuff, 
But when you get down to the core of it, it is that mutual love. And mutual there could be, you could also use the word shared or connected. We are all down at our core, simply mutual, shared, connected love. It's the very basis of creation. That is where we come back to the beginning of the Bible that says you are made in the image and likeness of God. Folks, just think for a minute. What healing is possible when we come from that place? What healing is possible when we come from that place? Both for us, our families, our communities, our world. And Christian New Church theology goes on to say that it becomes a loving goodness that constantly flows. I love that idea of a loving goodness that just is constantly flowing. Are we aware of it? 99% of the time, speaking for me personally, I am not. But then we get to see these moments. We get to see these moments where we see this inner self of mutual love and we get to see that, that goodness flowing and it, it can move us to tears very quickly. And I want to share with you here a couple of, of stories. One's historical and one personal to try to put some flesh on these bones, so to speak. The first is this guy, Dr. Ludwig, Dr. Ludwig Gutmann. So Dr. Gutmann, I'm gonna go over this quote here in a minute. Dr. Gutmann, fascinating story, fascinating story. So 1939, he was a Jewish doctor in Germany. He was a specialist in sort of spinal trauma. And he fled Germany because of the persecution of Jews in Germany. This is right at the outbreak of World War II. He, he flees to England with his wife and his two children. And while he's there, he's asked, because this is a world-renowned specialist, he's asked if he would take over a clinic for British veterans who were struggling with paralysis, who'd broken their backs or been so seriously wounded they couldn't use their legs anymore. And what a story. A story of incredible reframing. A story of that love that constantly flows. A story of a man who was able to touch into that mutual love that all these veterans around him shared. He shared it so much, they eventually came to call him Papa. And he eventually ends up being knighted by the Queen. So he is now Sir Ludwig Gutmann. With, with this man's life, like the reframing part, folks, like, like just, just listen to this for a minute. So the thought, the historical thought was that if you were wounded in combat and you were paralyzed, that, that the job was just simply to make you comfortable. Could we just give them comfort? That's all. And, that's, and it wasn't anybody who was bad and wrong thinking that. That was the frame. So they were heavily sedated, kept in a dark room, there was no thought of, of rehabilitation or sort of gaining life anew. Because of that, and this was fascinating to read about, life expectancy was four to six months for those in the clinic before this doctor arrived for paralysis. So what he does is he steps in and he says, no, and that's where we get to this quote, 
A nurse says, well, our job is to make them comfortable. And he corrects her. He says, no, our job is to make them healthy. Oh, so good. A new frame. Nope, it's not about making them comfortable until they die. It's about making them healthy so they can live. So what he did is he had these crazy ideas of like, let's allow there to be light. Let's stop sedating them with heroin. That's what they were using. They were using opioids. Uh, let's stop sedating them. Let's, 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 let's work on their health. Let's, let's get them doing things. Let's get them exercising. He actually hired a physical trainer to come in and, and start doing things with them. He hired entertainment to come in. And then he had this brilliant idea that becomes the Special Olympics of the Paralympic Games. That he could start to give these men their life back. He could start to give these men their life back. See, Dr. Goodman, there's somebody who went from seeing life as a small mirror into life that's seen as a big picture frame that we are to step through. Was there unbelievable heartbreak on that journey for him? No doubt. Was there unbelievable joy for him in that? No doubt. Movie recommendation. You want to watch more, see the movie, The Best of Men. The Best of Men. That reframing, folks, can be incredibly powerful, and, and that can be just from where we get so clear on, yeah, he saw himself as having a chance to make it better, and, and he saw that chance in terms of what was right in front of him. We see these other reframing examples, too. I mean, this, one, this one's a lot, more, lot, uh, lot simpler, but, but a lot of fun, too. You know, on Sunday night, we were blessed to have a, have a small group. Once a month, we run a, a couple small group, and me and my typical oversight forgot it was Valentine's Day weekend, so, so we had a smaller crowd than normal, but we had, we had six wonderful souls on there. And, and it was the same thing. It's just, it's just where we start to see this reframing take place. You know, because so much of reframing is where we, we stop just seeing it as one panel, and we start to see it as more. We start to move forward into that. That was replicated Thursday night with another small group. Beautiful, beautiful small group. These, these things may seem small, but maybe the biggest thing we can do on any given day are those small acts of connection, of those small things knowing that God's love is a given. The variable is our work. God's love is a given. The variable is our work. What do we choose to do? How do we choose to step into the world? Because when we do, we, we, find, we find so much. You know, we just find so much. I mean, we find, 
we find, we find insight and we find perspective and we find humor and we find other people. I mean, just a little, little humorous one that came out of the, came out of the, the group meeting. Again, I, I, you know, we, we don't break confidences here. This was just a funny little aside. It's really neither here nor there, but it sure brought a smile and brought like, yeah, there's this bigger picture. It was this one couple and, and she was talking about what she fell in love with with him. She really wanted a family, like family's really important to her. And, and so she said, all right, so what about family? And he's like, honey, I don't want a family, I want a dynasty. <laughs> Gotta love that. I want a dynasty. Gotta love that. See, that's, that's the human condition. That's the window. That's, that's the picture getting bigger. We all laughed on the call with that. That's the world that God calls us to. And the siren song is to take that call of that bigger picture. The siren song is that call, and it's a call actually from hell, to actually make the picture way smaller than it's supposed to be. And to replace that window with a mirror. It's that constant work we have to bump the picture out. So I want to share with you here, you know, some words from somebody who I think the world of, Kate Baller. Now, I'll quote her a lot because she is, she is such beautiful insights. She's a, she's a Christian professor down at Duke Divinity School. She teaches on the history of Christianity. She was diagnosed with stage four cancer, I guess, probably four years ago, five years ago now. And she's got a young family. And she has managed just to keep her life going. Great book, by the way, that she wrote was uh, Everything Happens for a Reason and Other Lies I've Loved. And, and it's her journey through, through cancer and her journey through heartbreak and worry and fear. And she offers a beautiful insight that, that is a great way to think of that idea of what is possible today. And this is what she said, what is possible today? As someone who has spent a lot of time in pain or with limited choices, and here I could add because of her cancer, I know how good, how very good trying feels. The beauty of small steps and reaching for more and the joy of wanting things to change. That's, that's a line there, that's right filled with a lot of wisdom there. The beauty of small steps beauty of reaching for more, the joy of wanting things to change. So, here's the way I think about finding that small, that small space between those two opposing ideas, that everything is possible or nothing is possible. And that's, that's where she, she's kind of a little bit, um, you know, where, where our culture can do that. It can, it can look at these situations that are really trying, and we go, well, everything's possible here. And it can also look at it in the complete opposite extreme of nothing is possible here. And maybe neither of those extremes are right. Maybe this is what's right. She continues, ask instead, what is possible today? Ask instead, what is possible today? That is powerful. I mean, just imagine with that, in the midst of all our life, blessed, broken, and shared, 
we just got really clear of asking that question, what's possible today? Where is my chance to make the world better? Today. Where is that opportunity to join with others to maybe bump the frame out a little bit? Today. Where is that opportunity to instead having this mirror that's actually way too small for what God intends for your life? To maybe start to allow it to expand slowly over time, progress, not perfection. Progress, not perfection. Allowing God to expand that out more and more. And as that window grows out more and more and more and more, who can we experience? Who can we see? Who can we touch? Who can we love on the other side of that mirror? Excuse me, the other side of that window. How can that work? What I know in terms of how God answers that he answers it with what he gives us. He answers it with what he gives us. And a final word. What does he give us? What does he give us, friends? He gives us today. He gives us today. Amen. What we're going to do now, friends, is we're going to do a prayer followed by the Our Father prayer, followed by a little blessing. And then what I'm going to do is, is then we're going to have our, our closing song here. So please join me in prayer. Lord, thank you for your presence here among us today. Lord, help us to continue to reframe our lives. And in reframing, to refocus. A reframe, Lord, that allows that frame to expand out. That reframe that allows us to see others. That reframe, Lord, that gets us right into the question of what is possible today. Knowing not everything is possible. And certainly not nothing is possible. But that there are possibilities today. Right now. Breathe into our hearts what those are. Help us to maybe flip a little bit from the relentless pursuit of loving ourselves to seeing ourselves as forms of love. Active forms of love. They're to serve and connect and to hold. Help us with that today, Lord. And Lord, remind us again and again just of the simple word today that we have today. We have today to care. We have today to love. We have today to be. Help us with that, Lord. Be with us this week. In your name we pray. Our Father who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.